During May, we've been in a series titled Boys to Men, The Journey of Spiritual Maturity, where we've looked at five statements that we need to learn to embrace. Any adult needs to embrace these statements if you are to grow, and not just if you are to grow in the world, but to grow spiritually. Now, these statements, just to remind you, number one, Pastor James preached on life is hard, embracing suffering. Uh, Number two, uh, you are not important, the lesson of learning to embrace others. Um, Week three, Pastor Mel preached, your life is not about you, but there is a bigger picture. Um, Last week at camp on Sunday, we preached on the topic of you are not in control, learning surrender. Uh, That was a good one. And uh, today we finish with, and I'll just say it, it, it's a pretty full-on statement, um, you are going to die. Now, don't turn to your neighbor and say you are going to die. That's a bit morbid. Um, Every single person in this room has a different experience about death, a a different relationship to death. Um, For some, death is a very foreign idea. Um, You haven't experienced much death around you, in your family or your friendships or in your society. Um, So death is very, it's a very removed idea. It's an idea where it's like, hmm, yeah, I know that it happens, but, you know, yeah, you know, something to think about later. Whereas for some people, death has been a lot closer to you, whether you've experienced death in your family, whether you've experienced death within your friendship groups. Um, And so you have a little bit more, I guess, of an idea. Um, I I also know that some people have have really had very close near-death experiences as well. Um, I know know Ansley, um, you know, his parents, first time I met them, I don't know why they chose that story to tell me. But but first time I met Ansley's parents, they sat me down and told me how Ansley nearly died, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, and then, so, you know, odd. And then he nearly died again um, when he got married. Jokes. <laughs> Ansley did not say that. Eileen's not here at the moment. It's okay. You're a safe man. But you, you, you may die tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, but there's this statement. We are all going to die. And it's something that we, it's hard to swallow. It's not something that we think about, right? But it's the most real thing in our lives. That at one point, one day, our hearts will stop beating and our life will be no more. You know, people die every day. You know, we, we, live, in a, we live in a bubble. You know, and whether you believe this or not, we live in the Australia island bubble where we are somewhat removed from the rest of the world. We're removed from, you know, all the tragedies around the world. But, you know, I was just looking up some stats, right? Like globally, because of COVID, 6.2 million people have died. 6.2 million people is the whole population of New South Wales, right? Um, currently in Ukraine, they, they estimate about 4,000 civilians have died. Now, these numbers, they don't mean anything to us. Let's, let's be honest. They don't mean anything to us. You know, the tsunami that hit 10 years ago, 
something like 3,000 people died. That, that means nothing to us. You know, New York, Twin Towers, you know, 3,500 people died, you know, in those towers. What, what does that actually mean to us? It doesn't really mean too much. And that's the odd thing about death. It's this weird thing that as much as we know it's real, we don't. As much as we understand that this is a real concept, we don't really understand it. But as a part of our growing up and as a part of our maturity as a person and also maturity as a Christian, one of the things that we need to learn is to understand, accept and embrace that we are going to die. Now, when God created man, original design... Right? God's original creation was not death. We were not meant to die, but it was because of our sin and our rebellion against God. Death was the con- consequence of our sin. Genesis 3:17 to 19. To Adam he said, "Because you listened to your wife, <sighs> that's a loaded you, you can't stop reading there, gentlemen, okay? <laughs> We should have probably read the whole chapter 3, but just because you listen to your wife, you're going to die. No, um, Because you listen to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Now, previous in Genesis 2, when God created man, literally God created man from the dust of the earth. We're mud beings, right? And so what this passage is showing us is that from the dust that God created us, because of sin, because of sin, we will physically become dust once again. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to be born and a time to die. James 4.14, why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. That's our life. Our lives, the Bible tells us, is like a mist. We're here and then we're gone. From dust to dust. You know, there's that... I, I thought it was a Bible verse. But if you go to a funeral... You know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That's actually not a Bible verse. It actually comes from uh, what they call a common prayer in England, and someone's put that together, but that's our reality. Dust to dust, ashes to ashes. Now, as I said, I I know that when I say you are going to die, no one disagrees with that, right? But how many of us actually embrace death? How many actually think about death? Probably not many, but a part of our growing up process in this world and spiritually is to accept death, to accept our physical limitation. 
to accept the fact that our time on earth is not limitless, but that we have a timeline on our existence on earth and there will be an end to our lives. As sad as this sounds, for Christians, death is not the end, but there is more. Why? Because there is more to the physical world we live in. Now, once again, this, isn't, this is a harder idea to understand, but there are, we believe, two realms that we live in. There's the physical realm. That's the five senses. That's what we can see, taste, touch, blah, 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 blah. But then there is a spiritual realm, a spiritual world. How do we know this? Because in the beginning, right, Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The physical world is a created world. So what existed before that? The spiritual world. Right? In the beginning, God created. Well, who created God? No one. God created God. God didn't create God. God just existed. That was the spiritual realm. And we understand that one day the physical world will end. One day the physical world, as we know it, will end, whether it's the end of your life or the end of this world. And this, but the spiritual realm will continue. See, sometimes we don't, I say, this is not an easy concept to understand and grasp, but it's something that's really important for us to realize is that when we die physically, it doesn't mean we die spiritually. Ecclesiastes 12, 7, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Our belief in God comes with the idea that God's realm, the spiritual realm, is greater than the physical world we live in. And so even when our physical bodies cease to exist, our spiritual beings will continue to exist. Now, if, this, if what I'm saying is just going over your head, that's okay. That's okay. No need to worry. You know, we can talk all about it in life groups. All right? See, as a believer, as a Christian, as I read Scripture, the beginning of time is not creation. God did not, like at the beginning of time, someone created God and then God created the No, God existed. And at the end of time, the physical realm will cease, but the spiritual realm will continue. And as a Christian who believes in God, that's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing to understand because it means that when we die physically, that's not the end. But I do wonder for our, to, to the non-believer, to the one that doesn't believe in God. You know, whenever I sit down with a non-Christian and they want to have a conversation about God, I always go to two questions, right? Two questions. Number one, what do you think happens when you die? What do you think happens when you die? Now, think about it from a non-God perspective. What happens when you die? And the answer for most non-believers is, well, there is nothing. You just die. So you're born and then you die. And then my second question at that point is this. If it's just you are born, you live, and you die, what's the point? What's the point of life then? What's the point of living if at the end of it all, you just literally die, you just, your body decomposes, and then that's it? What's the point of life? What's the meaning and what's the purpose behind that all? 
You know, sometimes, you know, people are like, you know, you need to work hard. You need to, you need to be good. And my question is, without the existence of God and without the existence of a life after the physical life, my question is, why? If God doesn't exist, why do I have to be good? If God doesn't exist, why do I have to, you know, live a, a fulfilled life? See, for me, it just doesn't make sense. And to me, there's a massive gap in that space. But that's why the existence of God and the importance of the existence of God comes into play. And it makes so sense for me because without it, death becomes the last chapter of our lives. Without God, death is it. And to me, there's just no purpose in that. If I'm going to live my life just to end up in a coffin and that's it, what's the point? Why not just go to the coffin now? But the beauty is this, for the believer, for the one that believes in God, there is more. Yes, you are going to die, but there is more. More. That is not the end. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Eternal life means life eternal, eternity, ongoing. John 11.25-27, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is to come into the world. Jesus offers up this eternal life to us by believing in him only through Jesus. Only through Jesus is eternal life with God accessible. There is no other way. John 6, 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's not good works. It's not good deeds. You and I, we cannot do anything to earn our way into the good books of God. And yet Jesus, he died on the cross for your sin and mine. And so therefore, when we put our trust in him, God sees the righteousness that is bought by the blood of Jesus. And we're saved. And we get to enjoy and live eternally. So if part one, death is our reality, part two is for the believer, there is hope in eternity through Jesus. 1 Peter 1, 3 to 5, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Peter's summarizing what we're talking about, that through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, those who trust him, they have an eternity awaiting for them with God. But then Peter goes on 
And he asks the question, if this is our understanding of death and resurrection, how should we live our lives? Verse 6, in all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are ex- uh, filled with an ex- inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. I love that verse. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with glorious joy. Peter tells us that knowing, knowing that death is not the final chapter in our lives actually changes the way we live. He talks about suffering. He says, whatever trial you're going through, hang in there because it's going to end. It's not permanent. Just like everything in this life is temporary, your suffering and pain will end as well. If we really accept that death is our reality, that the lives we live on this earth are temporary and not permanent, but through Jesus we have a permanent home in heaven. And the question is this, when we start to understand this and start to accept this and start to embrace this, How should we live our lives today? They say death is one of the greatest teachers of life. Death is one of the greatest teachers of how we should live and approach our lives. Now, there's four things, I believe, that we need to uh, change knowing that we are going to die. Number one, you need to know what is important. If we know death is inevitable and that there is an eternity waiting for us on the other side, then we really need to know and think about what is important to us. What are our priorities? Where are we spending our time? Can I tell you, if you really sit down and think about it, and I really want to encourage you to do that this week. If you sit down and think about your life and how you spend your time, and what your life is consumed with, can I tell you, if you're really honest, it's consumed with things that just don't matter. That's what death helps us to do. It helps us to see what's important. What we eat, what we drink, where we travel, when we travel. Friends, if we accept the reality of death, then we learn to prioritize what's important. I'm not saying don't eat and don't drink and don't travel, but in your minds, know where that sits in terms of priority. Really? Is it that important? You know, when someone is on their deathbed and you ask them, what is the greatest regret of your life? Can I tell you what they're not going to say? Man, I wish I had subscriptions to Netflix and Disney. I wish, I wish I had spent more time sitting on the couch watching TV. I wish I had made more money and I had more stuff and I had more cars and more houses. 
They don't say things like that. Do you know why? Because in the face of death, that does not matter. When you are staring down death, how, why does it matter how much money you have? If you're staring down death, why does it matter about the decisions you've made in your life? Death teaches us to prioritize, and we need to know what is important. And if you really sit down and think about it, the most important thing, the most important question that we need to be asking ourselves is this, where do I stand with God? Whether you stand with God on his team or you choose not to, that is the greatest decision you're going to have to make in your life. Why? Because it's the only decision that has a consequence after your death. Every other decision you make in this life, when you die, that's it. You bought a house in the wrong suburb. When you die, that's it. Who cares? You know, you bought the wrong car. Who cares? When you die, what are you going to do? You're going to drive? Can't right? What career, you know, when we think about some really big decisions, right? What career you chose to do, how you lived your life. Honestly, every decision in this life, when you die, will end. Even, you know, things around family, good decisions, bad decisions, regretful decisions, it all ends. But the one decision that actually goes beyond our death is, do you know God? Do you know God? Do you have a relationship with God? Because that is the only decision that's going to have a consequence for you in the afterlife. And it's either eternity with God or without God. And we get to make that choice here. You make that choice here and then you live that out in eternity. Suddenly, all these really important decisions, you realize, wait a minute, it's not that important. That's what death helps us to do. That's how we live our lives. Number one, we know what is important. Secondly, hold things loosely. When we accept our physical limitations of death, we learn to hold things loosely. It means to not be so serious about everything in life and get caught up on, on things that we are not in control over goes back to last week's sermon around surrender. Why do we get so passionate about things that we cannot control? Right? And I, and I say that to you and I really say that to myself. Steve, why do you get so upset about things that you cannot control? Like the weather. You know, like what people say, what people do to you. Why? Because we like to be in control. But friends, we need to learn surrender once again because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you do not have control. That's your reality. No one here knows when they're going to die. And yet we live as if we're going to live forever. We need to learn surrender once again because it's not us in control, it's God. God's in control. 
And God's going to work these things out for you. Plans, future, you and I can put them all on paper. We can put an Excel spreadsheet. You can do everything you want to plan out your future. And I've talked to a lot of you, and you told me about your future. I want my, you know, I want to get married to this kind of a person, and then I want to, I want to have this many kids, and then I want to send them to, you know, North Sydney boys, and then I want them to go to a really good university. I want them to earn good money, and rah, rah, rah. And you tell me your plans, right? And, 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 as I've grown, and I used to be like this too, I listen to your plans and I'll smile because I'm polite. And I'll just smile and go, good luck. Because plans are silly in the context of death. God, at the end of the day, It's all up to God. That's what death teaches us. So we need to hold things loosely. But this can also relate in your relationships too. Why do we hold grudges and bitterness when life is so short? Friends, when we embrace death and God's eternity, we also need to learn forgiveness for the big and the small. We don't let things bother us because the world is temporary and short at best. We don't get stressed about the people in our lives because the Bible tells us, do not worry. Do not worry. Jesus says, do not worry. We get stressed when, we, when things don't work out our way. But death, the reality of death, puts things back into perspective. So the second thing we do is we hold things loosely. I'm not saying don't plan. I think it's responsible to plan, but hold it loosely. Number three, when death is our reality, don't take today for granted. Life is a gift. Life is a gift. God created us from dirt, and one day we will go back to being that dirt. And it is his spirit that he breathed into us that gave us Life and, and we just forget this. We forget this because we're so busy trying to be the Lord and, and master of our own lives. Friends, you and I are big, and some of us bigger, pieces and piles of dirt. We're just glamorous dirt. And one day, the only reason why you have life, that your mold of Dirt has life is because the Spirit of God was breathed into you. God did not create us for ourselves, for our own purposes, but God created us to have life so that we could live for Him. So why do we feel so entitled about everything? It has to be like this. Why it doesn't happen in, you know, in the way that I want it to happen? Why do we care about a future so much that we have no control over? or over a past that we cannot change. Friends, today, today is the gift. Why? Because tomorrow, there's no guarantee. Can anyone here guarantee me tomorrow? Can anyone here guarantee me the weather tomorrow? Can you guarantee me? Can you life, you know, money back guarantee me that you're going to be here tomorrow? You can't. The reality of death teaches us that life is a gift, that today is a gift. 
Don't forget that. Honor God with all that he has given to you. Love and love well. Be kind. That's what my wife says all the time. Be kind. Be kind. Let go of the things that don't matter. Don't take today for granted because tomorrow may not come. Finally, when death is a reality, always have an eternal perspective. Remember that when you wake up, that this life that we live, it's a tent. It's a tent. You know, last week we went to camp, right? I didn't see no one bring all of their house furniture to camp. You know, I didn't see you all pack, you know, a a three-ton truck and and put your house into the truck just to bring it down to camp, right? What do you do when you go to camp? You take the minimal, unless you're Albert Chang, who brought a lot, I heard. Well done. You know what? We would think it would be so funny, right, if, if we last week we go to camp and you brought your fridge. All right, you brought your bed. Seriously, anyone turned up with removalists to camp? No one did, right? But do you know what? That's what it's like investing into this life that is temporary. Camp was three days. Your life is 80, 90, 100 years max, and yet all of eternity is awaiting. So travel light because you can't take anything with you. Right? Means be generous. Be kind. Just tense versus houses. Temporary versus the eternal. Whatever we do, keep in mind an eternal perspective. This is how this is going to help you to view God correctly and view yourself correctly. It will help you to live the life that God has created you to live, not one that is hoarding in money and possessions and comfort in this world. That's not why God created you. He didn't create you to go to a three-day camp and have the best three-day camp of your life. No, he created you to have a good life. And that life isn't here but is in eternity. Helps us to realize what is important and more importantly, what is not important. Friends, you will die. (laughs) I have to say it with a smile. If I don't smile, then people take it too seriously. And I do want you to take it seriously, but then I don't want you to go home like outside and start crying. And, you know, there's this tension inside of me. But you are going to die. Our hearts will stop one day. Our time on this earth is limited. My question is, what are you investing into? This life that will end or eternity that will never end? Let's pray.